Another U game is in the books. Shut for the Utes, and it's Thomas who carves his way through the Stanford defense into the end zone for a Utes touchdown. Cardinal Tucker Fisk who plays tight end today. 12th run play of the game, and it's another touchdown for Tavion Thomas. Getting through a couple of hands here is Thomas. Off he goes. Will anyone catch him? Tavion Thomas in for the score, his third of the night. Back to Thomas. And Thomas makes no mistake. Number four for Thomas in the first half. Rising in the youth's offense. Right back where they started. And goodbye, TJ Pletcher. Will he be caught? Caillou Blue Kelly unable to touch him. 96 yards for TJ Pletcher. And Utah on one play. Extends the lead. And the ball's knocked down and into the hands of a Ute at the goal line for a touchdown. Devin Lloyd. How about that? His fourth career pick, second for a touchdown. A bit unusual how it developed in close quarters. But when it's your night. The clock is at zero, and it's time to break down today's game. This is your Ute Post Game Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome in 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is your Frank Dolce. Utah postgame show with Hans Olsen and, of course, Frank Dolce. Frank, how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. <laughs> how you doing, man? I, I couldn't be doing any better. Yeah? Not any better. I, I feel so lucky today. I feel so lucky today. There's nothing. I mean, football's a great sport. It's It may be the best sport. And, and uh, you and I have have had an opportunity to be a part of that sport even after our playing days. Yep. That's unbelievable. Well after. I got to I got to I got to call a high school football game today. And there's nothing like high school football games. Nope. I mean that's just it was fantastic. And then we get to sit here and watch this game and talk about this game and and uh, Utah kind of dominating in this effort it was just a it was just kind of a nice day to, to to be involved in a great sport you're darn right it is man every day you get some football is a great day to be involved with it and this isn't the type of game that really draws you in and is compelling and rich but it's a 52 to 7 whipping dismantling of this stanford defense I knew Utah was going to dominate this game. I, I knew Stanford didn't have a chance. We talked about it in the preview and in the pregame. I was very certain that Utah was going to beat Stanford. We knew why. They couldn't stop the run, and they couldn't run. And they proved that in today's game. Uh, Frank, Utah with 441 yards rushing in this game. Talk about the rushing performance. What made it so good? Well, the the first part is that uh, Utah's been running the ball pretty well uh, the last several weeks of the season. 
and and so that that's they they've really taken that on like that that's become their kind of their identity on the offensive side so that that's one thing they they've they've become pretty good at running the ball and then i mean stanford's just not good at stopping the run like they're just that's just not a strong strong suit in fact, they're last, <laughs> last in the conference. 210 yards not, a game they're giving it's up. not such a strong uh, rushing defense. So, so uh, you know, and then, and then Utah goes, it was, a, it was a great night for Utah rushing and an even wor- worse night for Stanford trying to stop the run. And then that's when you end up with 440 yards on the ground. That's an incredible number. So if you if I, if you run for four hundred and forty yards a game, you're you won't lose you won't ever lose a game. There's no they, you can't. Yeah. I, I wonder if they've if we've ever seen a loss on four hundred and forty. But maybe maybe there's a couple out there. But yeah, somewhere this yeah, was Air Force probably lost a game or two rushing for four hundred yards. This maybe. was a dominant performance, man. It was a dominant performance. This offensive line and the blocking schemes and Miley did a good job outside of one. Uh, bad snap. Miley did a really good job at the center position. Again, Ford doing a fantastic job at the mm-hmm. guard position. The offensive line dominating. The tight ends dominating in all blocking schemes. But I want you to talk about the three backs that we saw go over 100 yards. That's right. Utah had three running backs go over 100 yards in a single night. Tavian Thomas, 177. Makai Bernard, 110 and TJ Pledger 107 yards all in the same game. Talk about those three backs. Were you just kind of give me a, a a bit of a comprehensive breakdown on the way they each ran, what separated them, what you saw the, each of them do well. Well, Tavion, Tavion Thomas started it. Uh, at one point, he was averaging over 13 yards a carry. Uh, and on 20 carries, 177 yards, almost nine yards per carry, four touchdowns. He he was cl- he was clearly the guy, and uh, breaking tackles, decisive ball security, all of the, all of those nice things. And then he had that one 58 yarder. I mean that was that was pretty impressive. <laughs> He's not going to outrun a lot of people. He was able to outrun the Stanford defense. So Tavion Thomas, I think, is the most complete of of all the guys and, and physically the most imposing of all the guys. And then you get um, Makai Bernard with 12 carries, 110 yards plus the touchdown. He's, he's still a guy that I think is, is uh, a guy, a reliable, I would call him a reliable running back. Like he might not in, in a, in a more difficult matchup, he might not get uh, – it's very unlikely to average nine yards. He might average three and a half yards a carry. Um, but, you know, on three downs, three and a half yards is good enough to get you another first down. I mean, he's kind of that reliable, doesn't make mistakes, knows the game, very cerebral, good out of the backfield catching the ball, good in pass protection. Um and so maybe not a star, but a guy that is you can really rely on giving you uh, quality time. And and I think now against a, a defense like Stanford, he really rose to the occasion. Occasion shined. I I'm a big fan of T.J. Pledger. I mean, I think he's shown 
explosiveness in a couple opportunities. It's just he's kind of stuck behind Thomas and Bernard. It's like he just doesn't get a chance. And if you look at his average, I mean, the guy averaged 26.8 yards per carry. He had four carries for 100 yards. Of course, he had the big 96-yard touchdown run. So I, I'm, I, you know, I'm still high on on Pledger, and and I'm just curious if if a guy like that wasn't stuck behind uh, Thomas and and Bernard, there must be something else in his game that just doesn't allow him to to kind of get more more carries, and maybe it's just the fact that Tavion Thomas is up there. Anyway, th- those three we talked about, uh, you know, a three or four headed monster in the backfield for Utah, uh, and it, and they've really kind of separated themselves out. Tavion Thomas at at the lead, and then I would say Bernard Pledger kind of right in there as the second running back. But uh, terrific productivity out of that group. Uh, but like you said, uh, these guys were really good tonight. But they they got a lot of help up front. Right? Yeah, they, they did. just had they just had wide open holes, wide open lane, r- running really lanes, and, and then they and then they made the most of it. It really was a mixture. I mean, when you get four hundred some odd yards, that's a mixture of the defensive front being soft. Mm-hmm. offensive line being dominant, and mm-hmm. running backs breaking a couple iron tackles and breaking a couple big runs, like you mentioned, the 96-yard run by Pledger. And every one of these guys, uh, every one of the three had a, a nice-sized run. I guess Bernard's longest was 20 yards, but Thomas had a 58-yard touchdown run. Pledger had a 96-yard touchdown run. And Makai Bernard did a lot of his work in chunks, but as you mentioned, 9.2 yards per carry. All right, what were you more impressed by? The Utah offensive performance, putting up 52 points and 440 yards, or the Utah defensive performance, only allowing 80 yards rushing and only allowing 80 yards passing by Stanford? And, and, by the way, I'm just looking through my list through the first half. you got Cole Bishop, TFL. Uh, You've got, uh, let's see. Mika Tafua, TFL, Van Fillinger, sack, Devin Lloyd, sack, Devin Lloyd, TFL. Um, you had three other TFLs crunched in there. You got, I think it was seven total TFLs in the first half, and then Mika Tafua, a sack to end the half. What, what were you more impressed by, Utah's offense or Utah's defense holding Stanford to seven? Well, that, that, that is a pretty impressive defensive effort. And uh, of those, you know, 82 yards rushing, 85 yards passing, uh, a lot of that, a lot of those numbers came later in the football game. And, and Utah was, was going into the bench a little bit on the defensive side. So the, the, numbers, <laughs> yeah, the, the, numbers, the numbers were probably even worse for – for Stanford that that was just uh you know it was a it was just a good night for Utah and uh and a rough night for Stanford they got overwhelmed like Stanford looked overwhelmed this is a Stanford team that beat Oregon this year this is a Stanford team that that uh, also beat USC USC is not great this year but certainly athletic uh so you know a Stanford team that kind of has some wins here and there interestingly uh so but but they were just they were just overwhelmed on both sides of the ball 
I don't I don't know what was more impressive. Maybe maybe it was more impressive on the defensive side because it was kind of complete, shut down the pass, shut down the run. On the offensive side, Utah didn't really have to throw the ball. They didn't throw it that efficiently when they did, although it was effective picking up first downs, a couple third down in long situations. Utah was able to rely on the pass uh, to, to pick up first down. So I don't know. It was, it was a, it, it, what was more impressive, a, a defensive effort like that, holding the team down to seven points, 160 yards of offense, getting a couple turnovers. That's pretty impressive. And it's Utah, really impressive. Utah didn't have 24 turnovers, including on the a pick six. Side. No, it didn't take 24, <laughs> including that, a pick six. That, to walk us through the pick six to that, start the second what half. What in the world, Devin Lloyd? Like, and and uh, by, by the way, the the uh, the broadcast on Fox that we listened to, I I think that's a good broadcast team. I think it's a very entertaining broadcast team. It's the and, best broadcast team that I've seen all year. Yeah. Or. Uh, not the uh, pre and halftime crew. No, not the guy that called Kyle Whittingham. Kyle Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah, Coach Cunningham did a fantastic job tonight. By the that, way, but... but yeah, Stoops. But but uh, but that broadcast crew was very good. And and Petros Papadakis was, I mean, he, it was like a love fest with Devin Lloyd. Yeah, with good reason. And that was an unbelievable play. I mean, Devin Lloyd's reading the quarterback. He's kind of dropping into his coverage a little bit, uh, getting into a passing lane, time to jump perfectly. And as soon as the ball is thrown, I mean, that's probably only a five-yard separation between the quarterback and, and Devin Lloyd. He's able to snag that out of the air. And then, not only that, has the presence of mind to start heading toward the goal line and somehow twists himself into the end zone for a touchdown. He had a he had, and then and then they showed him he, he lined right up on special teams as one of the, of the wing protectors. So uh, Devin Lloyd had a terrific another terrific night. Couple more sacks, tackles for loss. He he now there was some question about whether or not he was the sack leader, uh, but I think tonight now he is. Mm-hmm. Did did Minka get one or two sacks on the night? Two in the first half. I I think it was just two. Well, maybe, I did, those, I didn't, maybe I didn't, those guys are still. I didn't see him still, pick one up in the second half. Yeah, but but uh, and that, another impressive performance by by Minka Tafua. Defensively, it was smothering for Utah. It was a great performance, both sides of the ball. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We're live at the Tri Day Trading Studios and giving you the Utah post game show. We're going to actually open up the phone lines. If anybody is awake, you know, early in this Sunday morning, we are Saturday morning, we'd love to have you give us a call. 855-340-ZONE. That's 855-340-ZONE. And you can call us if you got questions or thoughts or you want to throw any type of thought out there, feel free to give us a call. Uh, again, live at the Tri-Day Trading Studios. This is your Utah postgame show. We're going to come back, and I'm going to get a more exact evaluation from Frank on Cam Rising. We didn't see a ton of him. He ended up with 22 passing attempts. But Frank's going to tell us how he saw Cam Rising performing tonight against this Stanford defense. That's all coming up in your Utah postgame show.
Welcome back to your Utah postgame show. Hans Olsen, Frank Dolce. So many things that we need to get to in tonight's big win for the University of Utah. It was a very dominant performance. In fact, the most dominant performance that Utah has had all year long. I would say that it was four quarters of dominance, but really they came out in the third quarter and they looked like they had absolutely won the game and felt like they'd won the game and kind of slowed down for a minute. And then you could tell the coaching staff got after him and they reignited and got going again and ended up getting the 52 to seven win. That's mm-hmm. a big one. That's a big stomping this win over Stanford. That's a big one. That's a big one. 441 total rushing yards, not total offense, rushing yards from the University of Utah. Yeah. I mean, that, that you, you, you didn't have to throw the ball uh, potentially, and you still come out on top in that game. Coach, Whit, Coach Cunningham, a.k.a. Coach Winningham, never looked happy in the game. Like, they kept showing him on the sideline. This is a tough game to coach because you're, you're dominating from the beginning. You can sense your team losing a little bit of focus. It's natural. And, uh, and you can see Co- Coach Whittingham had that look on his face the whole time. In fact, I, I, I can't remember if it was Bernard or Pledger didn't make a play on a ball and – it was like he got the stare down coming yeah. off of the field. Utah's up like thirty-eight nothing yeah. at this point in the game, but but no let up. Like Coach Whittingham just didn't want to have that that mentality on the sideline, and and so a slow third quarter, able to pick it back up in the fourth quarter a little bit. I'd love to see his focus, and I'd love seeing the focus of this offensive line, this offense altogether, and this is what they should have done. To Stanford, I would have never predicted 440 yards of mm-hmm. rushing offense, but this is what they should have done to Stanford. I, 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 if they wouldn't have done something like this, I would have wondered about that game coming up against Oregon. I would have wondered about the close to this season, but that's exactly what I expected to see from Utah, and I think that look you saw on Kyle Whittingham's face, and you tell me, Frank, because you know Kyle better than I know Kyle, isn't that look kind of like it's not about this, this game? It's about what we have in front of us for the next three games. And what we have in front of us, we, we got everything on the line here. So no let up here, but there's no let up for this season. I'm not ready to celebrate. It, it was kind of like I'm not ready to celebrate. I'm ready to get back to business, get past Arizona, and get ready for Oregon. He just seems laser-focused on the task it, to, to finish the season. Well, I think he preaches the philosophy of, you know, you get better on every play. You get better on every play, and um, and so it it's regardless of the situation. That should be your mentality, and if you lose that mentality, you know, in this situation, are you going you know are you going to lose it again in a different situation, a more critical situation? It's something that you just have to. It has to be a constant. On every single play, I'm gonna I'm gonna perform at the the very best that I can, and so I think that you know that that's why he's been so successful over his time. I mean, it's the same like uh, any of the great coaches. It's the same type of mentality. You you 
are you play the very best that you can on on every play. And if you do that, then generally you're going to be successful. Not all the time, mm-hmm. but generally you'll be successful. And so I think that's his that's the the focus that's the culture he wants this team to have throughout the rest of the season and in a game where you really could lose all concentration in the second half they did regain it yeah and got right back to business so we really could break down this game from an x's and o's standpoint you know you did see morgan scully he got aggressive mm-hmm. and he had david lloyd living in the backfield of stanford there were a lot of great one-on-one pressures Guys just winning the battle one-on-one. Mika Tafua multiple times winning the battle one-on-one. Cole Bishop coming off the edge in a one-on-one pass rush gets a beautiful tackle for a loss in the backfield. And um, Sorry, it wasn't a pass rush. It was just getting into the backfield off of an edge edge blitz or an edge pressure. Van Fillinger in a a one-on-one winning that one-on-one and getting into the backfield and getting a nice sack. They were winning their one-on-one battles. I want everybody to understand that. Morgan Scali was being aggressive with his defense in the first half of this game. On the offensive side, just breaking it down, Stanford did what Stanford does. And that's what I expressed in this pregame. Stanford wasn't going to change their schemes to come out and try to fit Utah. That's just not what they do. They come out and try to play Stanford football. And Utah knows Stanford football. They, Kyle Whittingham, what did you say? He's three and one against David Shaw and Stanford. Yeah, he he knows yes. what Stanford football is, and he knows how to beat Stanford football. And Stanford didn't adjust; they didn't do anything. I mean, this is uh, it's, people should be raising questions for David Shaw. Like, hey, at any point did you think about doing anything different to stop the run? No. Okay, in the future, is there any chance that you could do anything different to stop the run? No. We're going to do what we do. Like the, it, was, it was stubborn to watch them do what they were trying to do. And everything that Utah was doing in blocking schemes, that stretch zone mostly, mm-hmm. everything they were doing was, was sealing up. It was sealing up. And every time they would, they would get a nice lane play side, the running backs were there to hit it. Every time play side lanes were crushed, they would get a nice cutback run. A really nice cutback run with a shift or two to beat the second line of defense and get them an extra eight or ten yards. That's kind of the basic breakdown of both sides of the ball. So do you think Stanford just isn't – do you think it's an issue of Stanford not being well coached schematically? Or do you think it's an issue of uh, Stanford not being able to execute the game plan? Because – Athletically, this looked, physically, this looked what, physical to me. Yeah, this looked I, physical. Yeah. They, they were, they looked slow. Did you notice that uh, linebackers looked slow, running backs looked. Petra said that he said that it looked like Utah was playing on a fast track. Yeah, and Stanford, <laughs> and Stanford looked Stanford slow. Wasn't. Stanford was playing on long grass. Utah was playing on a fast track. I, I saw every once in a while I saw a Stanford offensive line. Yeah, beat a Utah defensive lineman. We saw one where. We saw defensive lineman get buried right onto his back. Mm-hmm. So we saw a couple wins, but for the most part, they, just the physicality wasn't there, and the the the, the stamina and and strength wasn't there. So I feel like it's a physical thing. Yeah. I feel like Utah does this to Stanford every time. They just match up well with it's, them and beat them up. It seems like it's a good matchup for Utah. Yeah. That that Stanford matchup seems like a good matchup, and certainly the record would would demonstrate that as well. 
And uh, and so in a game when Utah could have come in and maybe had a letdown, maybe looked at the press clippings, maybe looked at the stats and and not played up to their potential, I think for three quarters of the game played up to their potential. 855-340-9663. Carter, Riley, uh, we'll jump out to you here in just a second. Need to get to two quick things. I'll make one really quick point and then – I want to get Frame's uh, thoughts on Cam rising really quickly. 855-340-9663. I was heartbroken to see Ali Niamatololo, Ali'i Niamatololo come in for some plays and go down. What looked like to be an injured knee, Frank? Yeah, lower leg for sure. Heartbreaking. Yeah. This is a guy that has stuck with the program he has continued to battle, continued to fight. He is a warrior. He is hes a great kid. I know that staff adores him, and he's done everything right. And he finally gets a game where he can get some reps, and he gets injured. It just sucks. Yeah. I wanted to give him a little bit of love because he's been around this program for a long time, mm-hmm. and he is just a great kid he is exactly what utah needs and for one reason or the other he just has never hit the level to be the starter and take all the reps but he finally got some reps and he gets injured and i'm heartbroken for the guy no no question about it but you know there's a there's something about a guy like that like um we might feel bad for him but i doubt that he feels bad for himself like that's that's a guy that i think he's gonna He's going to take everything that he can from this experience and working with this football team, being on the team, being part of Coach Whittingham's culture, and and uh, he's going to be he's going to go out and be successful. Like we're going to feel bad for him right now, but he's never going to put that. He's never going to feel bad for himself. He's just going to move on. I mean, I think there's something to be said for for that guy, especially this day and age where the transfer portal and you can move all around and guys are quitting two games into the season you know there's a guy that stuck it out mm-hmm. like he just said this is where i am i'm gonna work hard uh i'm gonna my you know my effort's gonna be my example and i'm gonna be a part of this winning culture in any way that i can and so yeah it's it is heartbreaking to see something like that happen to a guy like that but but as much as we we feel sorry for him, he won't feel sorry for himself, and, and he's going to turn that into some positive somehow. This game goes final. Utah getting the win, 52-7. to uh, Cam Rising goes 13 of 22 for 140 yards. No touchdowns through the air, no turnovers. Uh, it was the bad snap. Cam Rising couldn't quite fall on it. That was the lone turnover for the University of Utah. But Cam Rising, 13-22. You saw him in the pocket a couple times. You saw him managing the running game a couple of times. Do we even put a, a real analysis on Cam Rising in this game? Or, or how do you go about analyzing what you saw from Cam in this game? I, I, I don't think it was great. The passing game wasn't great. Uh, that's being – I, I his, think that's probably being critical. Were his throws off? Because yeah, like, early on there were some – but. But he did have in in some in some very critical situations, third down situations, he did have completions that were meaningful and that allowed the team to 
pick up first downs and he made the proper read, got the, got the throw there. So um, I, I, that's you know I'm I'm probably being super super critical. He wasn't as efficient as I as I think we've seen him when he's on top of his game. He didn't need to be tonight, but I don't, I don't think he was as efficient. Give Stanford a little credit. I mean, they, it he was it was it was a little bit of a collapsing pocket when he was he was holding on to the ball a long time trying to find people downfield against the Stanford defense that hasn't been super great against the pass. So. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe a little greedy, maybe just not as sharp as we've seen him in the past. Whatever the case is, uh, probably a performance that he can improve upon. So 13 of 22, 140 yards. That's just about 60% completions. Efficient enough, uh, especially in a game where you're, you know, you run the ball for 400 yards. But uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I, I, I think. There's, there's, uh, we we could see, we'll see more out of Cam Rising, moving forward. All right, let's jump out to the phone lines and uh, we will take a couple of calls here. Eight five five three four zero nine six six three. If you're up with us here on an early sun Saturday morning, I keep saying Sunday because we're so used to Saturday post games. <laughs> well, well, that game it could be Sunday. It is Sunday somewhere, isn't it? It might be. Holy cow. Eight five five doing the work three four zero nine six six three to jump on the phone line with this. Eric, who do we got up first? All right, Carter, you're up with Frank Dolce on the Frank Dolce party line. Go ahead, man. What are your thoughts, Carter? Carter, are you there? He could he could have just taken a nap. I mean, it is late. Yeah, it is late. It is late. Uh, Carter, if you're still hanging it with us, go ahead and feel free to, to call back. <laughs> to ring us want. back. Sorry about that, Carter. Um, do we want to check out another phone line here, Eric? All right. And uh, Riley just hung up as well. Sorry. Frank and I got a little bit worried, uh, wordy for you. What we'll do, we'll take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. If you want to jump on the phone lines with us, feel free to do it. 855 340 nine six six three that's eight five five three four zero nine six six three there was a performance from a guy who we didn't really know his name before this game that we might know his name going forward for the university of utah and there was a performance from a guy who we do know his name that continued to seal his name in the history of utah defense we'll talk about his numbers his performance and the mystery name that came out of the woodwork tonight to have some big plays who is it we'll tell you next in your utah postgame show welcome back to utah postgame show hans olsen frank dolce the great frank dolce the one and only Frank Dolce, former Utah quarterback, overall good man, debonair, renaissance, some may say. Are you a painter? Do you deal in oils mostly? Uh, I I use my life. You know, the world is my backdrop <laughs> and my life I, as the as the brush. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you artistic? Like, can you sculpt? Can you draw? Or is that one of the areas that yeah. you aren't as blessed in? Oh, no. I, 
Yeah, I can do you can do those things. <laughs> I'm telling you, you just don't have an area of 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 any like small or or uh, shortcomings. Well, I do have a sweet tooth. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a I have a terrible sweet tooth. I have noticed that over the years. <laughs> yeah. Utah getting the win, fifty-two to seven over Stanford. Uh, it was a complete beatdown. Four hundred and forty-one yards on the ground from this Utah offense. But there were two defensive performances that I want to mention. I'll actually mention a third as well. Two unknown names, really. I know Utah fans, like the extreme ones that are hanging out with us tonight, probably know these guys as recruits. But I want to start with Cole Bishop. Tell me a little bit about this outside linebacker. Right. Well, he, and what you saw from him? Yeah, he's recruited as a safety, six three, two hundred pounder, out of uh, Fayetteville, Georgia, Stars Mill High School. Uh, that's that's about as much as we know uh-huh. about Cole Bishop. He has eleven tackles on the year coming into this game, and uh, it. It looks like um, he's moved into kind of this outside linebacker position. But didn't he make kind of a splash? Today? Like he was in from the very beginning. He wasn't in as a reserve. He was in from the very beginning of this football game. And immediately we started calling his name. Is is this kind of a budding uh, star for, for Utah? Just a freshman. He's listed as a safety, but it looked like he was playing more of kind of that out, maybe strong safety, yeah, they, out, outside linebacker position. They used him in a couple of different ways, and they used him at the line a couple of times. They got him in pass rush a couple of times. He did. I think he might have had one pi. Did he? Did he get yeah. called on a pi? He got called on the pi. Okay. Yeah. But he he was used in some coverages, used at the line, used in blitzing, used on one on one pass rush. He was kind of all over the field doing good things tonight, but Cole Bishop, he moves well, Frank. Looks like he's got a, enough strength, in it, and it looks like he's kind of a, a future piece to this Utah defense. Yeah, and like I said, just a freshman. So, you know, number six, keep an eye on and keep he, an eye on We'd him. seen him in, in limited roles in four games. He, he, had, uh, he had four tackles against Weber State and four tackles – against Washington State, uh, and two more tackles at uh, Oregon State. So he's had 11 tackles on the year, uh, uh, credited with 11 tackles on the year, and I think it was seven assisted, four and assisted, and, uh, and, but, but, uh, but had his most significant action of the year tonight. And we're trying to run down his uh, his stats for tonight, but he was, I mean, he's a guy that came in immediately, uh, made a difference. And then I want you to talk about the the old dog in that backfield, Devin Lloyd. Just his overall performance tonight. What did you see from him? It just felt like there was no let up out of you know out of what he what he did what what uh, what he brings to this football team the leadership uh the the example the effort that he provides for this for this football team it just doesn't feel like 
it's it's natural for for a team or for for guys to have a little bit of a letdown, especially if things are really going your way. You know, and and you, maybe you lose a little focus, and you little you let a play get away from you here and there. But it doesn't it doesn't it feel like Devin Lloyd? It doesn't it's. He doesn't know what the circumstance is. Like, his effort is the same regardless of the circumstance. Mm -hmm. His intensity is the same regardless of the circumstance. Yeah, it always feels like all or nothing. It always feels like that. It always feels like he's going over to make a stop. Like, if he allows that running back or receiver or quarterback to get one more inch, that could mean – Disaster, a complete loss for, yeah. for the team. Even one more inch. One more inch. It always feels like that. He's gonna stop. He's gonna make that stop. He's gonna be a wall on the defensive side, regardless of the circumstance in the game. The other thing I'm watching from Devin Lloyd is he's starting to establish himself as an on-field fear factor. And what those on-field fear factors do is they force offensive players to keep their head on a swivel. They've, they've got to they've look for him. And if they lose sight of him, they'll take their head off. And you saw Devin Lloyd come in for the kill on a screen pass mm-hmm. where the, the screener got held up just for a second and he stutter-stepped. And Devin Lloyd launched himself and moved his helmet to the side but launched his shoulder pad and went for the absolute kill. And the, the offensive player was able to roll out just a touch from the hit, but you saw it coming, Frank. It was not looking pretty. He's he's looking to hit and hurt. Yeah, I and you have to think that. Uh, Which is a good thing, by the way. When when other <laughs> when other teams are watching him, other coaches are watching him or breaking down film, or an uh, you know opposing running back quarterback is preparing to play against him. The way that he plays all the time, that has to be in the back of, of in the back of their minds when they line up against him. And maybe that makes a, a, a an offensive player alter the way that they would play to the advantage of Utah. So I understand what you're saying, and I think that's an, uh, exactly how I would describe Devin Lloyd's presence on the field. He's made it so, his effort has made it so uh, you have to be aware of where he is on the field. Mm-hmm. And and offensive teams will have to kind of game plan and scheme around him because he's so active. I had a, one of my favorite conversations. I, I actually had a great conversation with Bob Greasy, and I actually had a sit-down conversation with Johnny Unitas. What? Yeah, had dinner with Johnny Unitas. You're kidding. Johnny, you? Uh, my rookie year with the Colts. Number 19? We were playing against Baltimore. We're in Baltimore. I go into an Italian restaurant with Christian Peters and a couple of the other defenders, Brad Scioli, and we we walk in, and there he is, and he recognizes his Colts players, and he said, hey, come come sit down. So I sat down and got to have a great conversation uh, with him and then had a great conversation with Bob Greasy. Both of those men talked about two men being fear factors on the field. And and they're the ones that kind of initiated the the conversation of it. I didn't bring it up. Now, I, they asked if Merlin Olson was my uncle, and we talked about it. And they said there were two guys 
in the league that you could not take your eyes off of. Merlin Olsen and Deacon Jones. I was going to say Deacon Jones. If you lost track of one of those two, they were going to hurt you. They're going to rip you down by your jersey, and the first thing that's going to hit is the back of your neck, and you do not lose track of them. And, and because of that, your eye is always on something it shouldn't be. And that's what Devin Lloyd has become. And that's going to play well against Oregon. Can you confirm or deny the rumor that Uncle Merlin actually would bite people <laughs> under the pile? <laughs> he didn't bite people. Are you sure? He couldn't get his teeth to the – now, if you put a, a finger near, your, near his mouth, he might bite you. A, uh, our very good friend Trevor – Alan, who is our Utah insider and does a fantastic job for KSL Sports and a fantastic job with the podcast with Clark Phillips. Mm-hmm. He, Trevor Allen is so fantastic. He, I just absolutely love the guy. He just sent in uh, Cole Bishop stats. Four tackles, two solo tackles, a sack, two TFLs, and a pass breakup. So <laughs> really good night. For Cole Bishop. That's not a terrible stat line. <laughs> that's a really good stat line. <laughs> Did he have an interception? I mean, that's that's about the only thing we're missing on the on his stat line is an interception. Yeah. That that's terrific. I mean, we we I've not recalled calling his name. And I I know he's made eleven tackles yeah. on the year. Uh, I know he's been kind of in in some spot, but he was on the field from the very beginning tonight, and in his presence was he made it known immediately, and had a terrific, terrific football game. So good for Bishop, and and that's just another weapon for for Utah defensively. Although it's another freshman weapon. I mean, this this Utah football team is loaded with with talent. They're all underclassmen. Young group, yeah, and a dominant group, and hitting their stride. And now they've got Arizona, Arizona next, and then the big and one, and then and then Oregon. Oregon takes on Washington tomorrow, and then Utah will finish up with with Colorado. So, so effectively, you know, Utah takes down. They they just they just they took care of the the number one priority, and that was beating Stanford. Now the number one priority becomes, you know, beating Arizona, and and then you know you, you look on you look on after that. So, uh, th- this football team, if they continue to play this way, it's going to be a very they're, they're going to be a tough out. I mean, they're just going to be a tough out if they if they play this well. Frank, I want to hear just a, a couple comments from. Kyle Whittingham, yeah, absolutely. live in, in uh, or sorry, in uh, recorded earlier in Palo Alto. Here's Kyle Whittingham and his post game thoughts. Um, played the game tonight. Um, started fast. Never really let up offensively. We uh, just kept executing and, and doing things uh, the way they're supposed to be done. All all first half defense smothered them. Uh, played exceptional. Uh, the statistics at halftime were so skewed it was. Uh, on the hike and play much better than we did, but uh, you know, we just were hitting on all cylinders tonight. Uh, run game was in high gear. That was really the, the key to the, the game is our ability to run the football efficiently and effectively and for uh, you know, a bunch of yards. And then uh, we did turn the ball over once, but uh, other than that, we took care of it. Um, and like I said, we uh, 
played smothering defense, uh, had the shutout at halftime, and then uh, they put a nice drive together in the beginning of the second half, but then stiffened up and, and uh, played well again. Uh, had a chance to play a lot of guys, which is a positive. A lot of guys got experience in this game. Helps us uh, obviously in the position we're in in the conference, but we got a lot more work to do. There's uh, games left, plenty of games left, and so we don't focus on that, but it's something that certainly we're aware of. And uh, give the players the weekend off, we'll have Monday, uh, Saturday, Sunday off, bring them in Monday morning at uh, 7 a.m. and get going on the next guys. So, questions? Uh, you, you elected to go for offense again to start the game. With this group of guys, is this kind of maybe your advantage now to be able to kind of start that way? We thought tonight it was, and, and uh, last week as well, obviously. And, and uh, they've been playing with such confidence on that side of the ball, and the execution level has been so so high that uh, we figured that it was uh, another good opportunity to start fast and, and uh, see if we can uh, put points on the board more in the first drive. What did you see on the Devils? That was incredible. I, mean, I, I saw it happen in real time, and I watched the replay, and still couldn't believe that he could have the, the reflexes and the, and the uh, athleticism to, to make that catch and then find his way to the end. It was only a couple of yards, but still, he was, that's who he is, though. He's a big play guy. Well, Kyle, what does it say about the depth of your running back room that three guys can go for over 100? Yeah, we, we feel really good about the, the running back room, like we've been saying all year. Uh, it's it's uh, the point now where Tavion is the lead back. He's the primary ball carrier. He's going to get the most carries uh, most weeks, uh, barring unforeseen circumstances. Uh, Kai Bernard and TJ Pledger both both added a, uh, some big plays. And then Chris Curry came in and had a chance to show what he could do in the, mostly in the second half and, and did a nice job. But we feel we've got a good stable of backs, and uh, they're, uh, they're doing a great job for us right now. Given, given how tough Stanford's been over the years, you guys have never lost here. I mean, can you kind of conceptualize that and try to figure out what, what's worked so well for you guys here? You know, that's, that's tough to answer. Uh, well, we've been here four times since the Pac-12 uh, well, and then another time or two prior to the Pac-12. Okay, but anyway, I don't have a great answer for you other than we've, uh, we seem to uh, have played well against Stanford and, are, and we haven't played them. I think they're probably the team we've played the least in the Pac-12 since we joined. But, but uh, anyway, our guys, uh, for whatever reason, have played well uh, when we play Stanford. I think it's part of it. They, they get fired up for the game because they know that it's two of the more physical teams in the conference. They're a lot like us as far as the, what they pride themselves on and what they hang their hat on. And so I think our guys uh, understand that, respect that, and want to make sure that uh, you know we let them know that uh, we play with some physicality as well. Obviously, the running, you know, it was working tonight. But was Cam maybe a little less sharp than he's been? <coughs> I don't know if I'd say that. You know, his numbers weren't uh, as prolific because we didn't throw the ball much. But had we been more committed to the throw game and, and uh, just had more reps at it, I think he would have been, you know, put up the numbers and seen the last three or four weeks. Coming out of halftime with that 38-0 lead, did you see what you wanted to see from the guys in terms of their mentality and aggressiveness? Where you know, you're kind of fighting against complacency and taking your foot off the gas. Yeah, I would say except for the first drive for Stanford. They, they, they did a nice job with that first drive. But other than that, we wheeled ourselves back in on defense. And, and uh, you know, offensively, you'd love to score every single possession, but we had a couple uh, possessions, two or three possessions with the ones in there uh, where we didn't score in the second half. But, but I think uh, given the circumstances and, and uh, you know, how things played out, I think it was a, a positive second half. Given the outcome of that game, 
you know, as a coach, obviously you're going to look at things that you can improve on. Is there anything in general that kind of sticks out to you after that game? Uh, well, offensive line, I think, has, has continued to get better and better each week. So that was a positive. The tight ends were terrific. The wide receivers made plays. Special teams uh, got some yardage in the punt return game because we got some things going there. I uh, really had to punt the one time, so that was uh, you know, good to bless you punt the better. So, and then in the kickoff game, I think our kickoff coverage unit continues to be uh, improved, vastly improved from what we saw earlier. Is Mike Williams not a punter? He was tonight, and uh, it's a competition. And, and uh, you know, when you got uh, guys that are fairly similar at spots, and you know, the guys that's playing the best is going to get the so opportunity. That's so, like a fluid situation? Fluid situation. That's, yeah, yeah, that's the answer. There you go, Kyle Whittingham from uh, Palo Alto finishing up this game and getting the win over Stanford in dominant fashion, 52-7. to 7. 441 yards put up on the ground for the University of Utah. The offensive front dominating, the running backs dominating, three backs over 100 yards on the ground. He was talking about the throw game, Cam Rising, didn't look as crisp, but they really didn't commit to the throw game. They didn't really need it at any point. And so maybe Cam wasn't as laser focused on some of the throws and some of the situations, but I have no worries or concerns about that guy. What I came out of this one thinking is, hey, Oregon, you better wake up because you got a really tough Utah team and you're coming to Rice Eccles Stadium. You're not playing in front of 1,450 fans in Palo Alto. You're playing in front of a crazy fan base that will pack that place to the brim, and that is going to be a long day. I, I have not seen the time announced yet, Frank. It was TBA the last time I looked. I, I think I just saw it. It's it's a 9 o'clock kick. Awesome. 9, 9 p.m. There you go. Yeah. Perfect, and it's on the Pac-12 network, yeah, I'm we're sure. Yeah, we're going to do that. Buried let's on go, the Pac-12 let's network. Let's go ahead and do that. By the way, uh, I'm not going to mention to Coach Cunningham, Coach Whittingham, that you have been talking about Oregon because that game is two weeks away. Oh, man. I can and talk. If he, I can and talk if, he, <laughs> if he hears that you're talking about a game that's not the upcoming game, he's not going to uh, be happy about that. And he's going to look at you like you looked at C.J. Pledger, who didn't make a, a play on a third down, and and then C Pledger's helmet melted right off of his head. When they're up 52 to nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's you're going to get that look. So it, go ahead if you want to keep doing that talk, because all I know is Utah has the Wildcats coming up next. Uh, I know I'm going to get a text. I'm going to get a text from somebody that's like, hey, stop looking ahead. Yeah. Uh, it, it shouldn't come, but – Hey, how come you never retweet any stuff that I tweet? I, I send funny tweets, and you never you never press the like button. You never retweet it or anything. I have a high standard. I know, but I sent out a funny tweet. That's a funny little fox guy looking at a phone. And Check I said, out your – Here's Oregon watching Utah dismantle Stanford, and it's a fox guy, and he looks he's looking at his phone like he's nervous. I know, but here's the thing. It's, it's a funny tweet. Retweet it. It's not the Oregon foxes. If it was a duck looking at something, you know, they didn't have a gif like of that sitting on the sitting on the John, 
Give me your computer. Looking I'm, at, I, 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 just look at your look at your thing. You retweeted it. Yes. Okay, good. Jeez, Thank Louise. You. I mean, it's it is it's it's entertaining. There's no question. I mean, I know, that's but it's silly that funny, I've got a funny. It, it's silly that I've got to send a tweet at you saying, "Hey, this is a good one. Retweet it." You should do that off your I own. Don't, look, I'm not a fan. Of, I, I generally don't do social media. Like, I think it's. Yeah, I don't see around it much. Damaging. Yeah, it is. I think it's dumb. I think it's <laughs> it is. damaging. It is, and, but it's fun because send, there's some fun people funny, out there. And there are. I do like to, you know, try and make funny comments every once in a while. But that's that's about it. That's I, as much as I use it. Like, I sent out a tweet and I said, I, I wish Stanford was playing Idaho State because. They're two teams that seem to be on the same plane, and that might be a good game. And I said, and I wish Utah was playing BYU again because, yeah. you know, they're two really good teams playing on a, a high level. And people are like, this is so lame. Utah media always does this. Why do you got, Why do you have to latch on? I'm like, I'm done. Block, block, block. Blocking all of you. If you can't take it the way it's been, I'm blocking you. <laughs> yeah. If you think I'm saying, oh, well, we have to replay this game. No, I'm just saying it would be a better game than what I'm watching. This Stanford-Utah game was an embarrassment. Do you, do you, and and Idaho State-BYU tomorrow is going to be an embarrassment. Do you, do you think it's going to go that game tomorrow when, when BYU plays for the Big Sky Championship? Do you think it's going to go like Don't, the game well, did tonight? That works on Alema. It will not work on me. <laughs> According to Alema, uh, your, your alma mater, which should have been Utah State, won, has won the pac <laughs> <laughs> has won the Pac-12 and uh, has also won the ACC. And now tomorrow uh, they're going for the uh, I love the Big Sky, the Big Sky Championship. People, Do you think that game is going to be the championship game tomorrow is going to be as compelling? People don't appreciate the limit as much as they should because he's the all-time. Dave Fox sent, sent a, a text message to us. Uh, regarding an upcoming football game, because I I do those high school football games with Alema and and with Dave Fox, yeah. <laughs> and his his uh, his autocorrect on his text or something. I'm sure he typed Alema, but it it came up as a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I call him hey, from now on. I either call him dilemma or, or a, a lemon. lemon. Yeah, and he is the best. Well, I, I would love to see that game played again because it would be much more entertaining. This Stanford game didn't entertain me, but it was very nice to see Utah take care of business. Frank, final thoughts on this one. Yeah, I think uh, Utah did exactly what they should have done in this game. Uh, it was a dominant effort, started at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, I just can't emphasize that enough because we were, we were hard on that, uh, on that group. And and when Utah's been when when Utah's not been successful, we've been very down on the, on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and and so when Utah has success like this and and like they've had it other times during this football season, then we just have to give a lot of credit where credit is due, and that is uh, of course right up front. So did what they needed to do tonight. Uh, learn what they can from this football game and, and, and get ready to get focused on Arizona, the next opponent coming up. Arizona is not a good football team. Worse but, than you know, Stanford. It's every, it's every, you know, any given Saturday sort of mentality. And if Utah has 24 turnovers in a game, they might not come out of that one. Utah fans, gear up, man. You got a fun finish to a football season. You got a couple of big games that are coming up. And this is going to be a fun 
finish to the football season. Kyle Whittingham looked laser-focused. This team looked clean and polished and finding some depth, and it's going to have a huge challenge coming up in two weekends. Big win for the University of Utah, 52-7 to over Stanford. Big thanks to everybody for tuning in, downloading, listening, however you want to listen to the Utah Post Game Show. And, Frank, most importantly, big thanks to you. You're, no, I'm not even kidding you. You're so I love uh, every minute. Condescending. Is that the word I'm look, looking forward to? What was your favorite slice of pizza tonight? Was it the buffalo chicken? Was it the bacon buffalo or the bacon chicken ranch? Or was it the, the, the sausage pizza? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go one pizza with the sausage and pepperoni. Okay. That was really good. It was tasty. And two, I would have gone buffalo chicken. I'm going to have to go with what was the other one? Chicken bacon. Uh-huh. Because. I don't know what you did when you were trying to separate the pieces my of the buffalo. My thumb into the cheese. <laughs> you absolutely mangled. Yeah, my, my you thumb, mangled Have it. you seen how big my thumbs you, are? You mangled it. Yeah. like I, It looked it, like you have eight thumbs well, the kids, and two pinkies. It doesn't I take that's a how your ton of work. pressure on a pizza roller to cut it. Just push a little maybe, bit. Maybe it was dull. And cut it. Maybe we'll, Well, your thumbs don't do much better, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was fun, and and seriously, Frank, you really are the best in the business. You're, you're the best Stop in the business it. when it comes to breaking down football. Stop it! You're not. It's nobody does. Better. I just, I am so, I'm so, I'm so happy I have the opportunity because I love this game. I really I, I love know. the game. And you and you and know the game. It's a great football. It's a great game. You're, Football's you, a great game. You know the game, and Utah fans are lucky to have you break it down, brother. You are the best at it, and uh, I, I am grateful every time you come on with us. You do a fantastic job. This has been your Frank Dolce Utah Post Game Show. Uh, big thanks to Eric back in the studio. Did a fantastic job tonight, Eric. Great job with all the cuts and doing so much, bringing in the sound. Big thank you to Trevor Allen, doing a fantastic job tracking down the Kyle Whittingham sound. Nobody knows this Utah program inside and out better than Trevor Allen. He does a fantastic job with KSL Sports, and I would I would give you a huge um, a, a heads up to get out there and listen to the Clark Phillips Faith, Family, and Football podcast. That's at KSL Sports, and Clark Phillips does a great job, and Trevor Allen does that podcast with them, and they're great together. So big thanks to Trevor Allen, and uh, big thanks to all of you for joining us in these Utah postgame shows. We love doing it for you. We appreciate it. Have a good, safe night, and we'll see you back here next week on the Utah Pre and Post Game Show on 97.5, 12 of the Zone in the Zone Sports.